Hi there, I'm Quinn White, and welcome to But I'm Not an Engineer, the electrical and computer engineering podcast hosted by me, a USC journalism student who was asked to run this show. Will I learn new things? Yes. Will I be confused? Without a doubt. Join me as I speak with members of the ECE community to learn more about their work and the important role that ECE is playing in our future. In this episode, I spoke with USC alumni Yutong Gu, who earned his bachelor's degree in 2019 and master's degree in 2020, both in electrical and computer engineering. Now he works as a firmware engineer for Zooks, which specializes in fully autonomous vehicles. Let's get into it. Can you please introduce yourself for me and tell me what your degree is in? My name is Yutong Gu. Uh, my degree is in electrical engineering at USC. I got my PDP in uh, 2020 and I got my bachelor's in uh, 2019, both in EE. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I read on your LinkedIn that you're a firmware engineer, but I've mm-hmm. never really heard of a firmware engineer before. So can you explain exactly what that means? Everyone knows like uh, software engineers, right? Mm-hmm. So software engineers, they write code and they write code at a higher level of what we call abstraction, which means like they they sit at a layer that's like very far away from the hardware. So they don't really think too much about, you know, what bits are getting flipped and like what like communication protocols to use. Um, that's the job of the firmware engineer. The firmware engineer is uh, the person who writes the code that interfaces with the hardware on devices that we use and then uh, comes up with the layers of abstraction, um, which the software engineers could kind of uh, develop on top of and uh, use. So that way they don't have to worry about the hardware. That's what we do. Like you guys are kind of like the background guys, making sure that everything is working well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so some behind the scenes work. Yeah, we're doing the behind the scenes work to uh, make sure like the stuff that runs on your laptop um, like the, the stuff that, uh, the soft, so like, let's say the software guy comes up with, uh, some kind of, a algorithm to, um, generate images. That's their job. They just generate the images and then they might call some kind of a function or some kind of a application, uh, some kind of a library that would allow them to display that, uh, that image on their computer screen. Um, that part where, uh, it goes from um, where it actually displays it on the computer screen. Um, that part is the responsibility of the uh, firmware engineer, the one, the responsibility of like setting all the bits in the like processor uh, to be able to communicate with the chip that controls the uh, monitor and tell it what image to display. Okay, yeah, that I think that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So. <laughs> Can you tell me what about ECE excited you enough to pursue this field of study? I guess what excited me the most is um, how how broadly applicable the, the skills you get from your degree uh, is. You can take your electrical engineering degree or your uh, computer engineering degree and apply it in almost any field that uh, requires electronics. I thought that was really interesting. It, it meant the possibilities were limitless. And I am able to uh, take one skill and transfer it uh, elsewhere and be able to work like almost anywhere I want. So I think that's uh, the really exciting part. And also there's just so many cool things going on in the uh, embedded field right now. Like 
internet of uh, things, which is like, um, uh, like your Amazon Alexa, that's the internet of things. It's like, you know, everything nowadays is like super connected and like you're able to uh, have one device talk to another. That's partly because of uh, innovation that's going on in the uh, embedded engineering field. When you say that ECE is a really broad field, How did you find your path within ECE and eventually decide on that area of focus? Was it like a particular class or a conversation with a professor? When I did, uh, in my sophomore year, I did research with a uh, professor named uh, Professor uh, Krishnamachari. Um, and in his lab, I did a lot of work with robots and robot swarms and like having them communicate with each other. And that was my first introduction into writing actual, like writing firmware. There was another class though before that, which was EE109. Um, um, that was like intro to embedded uh, systems. And I really liked that class and that kind of got me on that path. But then it was when I uh, got into research uh, with Professor uh, Krishnamachari that I was like, yeah, I want to do firmware engineering. This is really cool. I love being able to write code and be able to have it translate to physical actions on a like robot or on a uh, like display. From a student perspective, what's so great about ECE? What's unique about it? And why is it a good direction for students to go into? I think I touched on it a little bit um, before. It's just, I, I think you know, the skills are very transferable. Um, if you are doing electrical engineering, you can uh, use the same set of skills to go from, you know, aerospace to uh, like automotive to um, consumer electronics. And um, you can work on a wide range of different uh, projects and uh, stuff like that. Um, I think like it's a growing field and I think it's, um, uh, there's, there's a lot going on and it's, it gives you a really good sense of accomplishment when you're able to sit down with a, uh, like piece of hardware and be able to look at it or, um, be able to analyze it and say like, oh, okay. So I know like, and, and people say like, I know how it works, like inside and out. Of course, that's, that takes a long time to get to that point. I'm still not at that point, but just the pursuit of being able to understand everything that goes on is really cool. ECE is a really, really broad field and there's so many things you can do within it, but what makes ECE so versatile? Let's say you're an electrical engineer and you design a battery management system for a specific board on a automotive vehicle. That's not too different if you were to uh, design a similar battery management system for a uh, consumer electronic device. Of course, you'll be, you might have to operate on different like voltages, like different like power levels on the, uh, on the boards, but the concepts still apply and you're able to apply some of the stuff you learned from the past to the future projects. And same goes with firmware. Um, when you're writing um, drivers for uh, uh, certain things. Let's say you write a, a driver that lets you um, interface with certain buttons, right? That code is going to be like that experience is going to translate well into other 
places where you have to write drivers to drive buttons. The code that you write in one like context can still be applicable in other contexts, but with different constraints. It's not to say you can like just copy and paste your code from one place to another and it'll work. Sure. Um, you're, you have different constraints, you're on different platforms, but I think the skills you gain from implementing this thing on one platform, you can reuse uh, as you do it again and again on different platforms. And sometimes uh, you don't even have to, maybe uh, they already have like the, the, the libraries that do that for you, but at least now you know how they work under the hood. So if something goes wrong, you can fix it. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I spoke to one professor who said the difference between ECE and other disciplines isn't the training or the mindset, but it's the tools that ECE uses. Is that right from the perspective of a student or what do you think? I think there is some truth to that. Maybe they're referring to like the way you uh, tackle problems is similar in uh, ECE as opposed to other engineering uh, disciplines, but we tackle it using different tools as in like, you know, like maybe writing uh, like different programming languages or uh, let's say like uh, software to um, generate uh, PC uh, printed circuit boards. In that context, yeah, I, I, I think uh, what they're saying is right. Um, I think I think the question I'm really trying to ask is what mm. makes ECE like unique from those other mm. fields of totally. engineering? I think what makes it unique is the problems that it tries to solve. Um, I don't know, maybe I, I haven't gotten, given too much thought into uh, this kind of question, but I think, you know, EC is unique in that, like, yeah, one, the tools are different. Instead of if you're a civil engineer, you might use a part of so a, a software to um, generate models and, and, and stuff like that. Um, if you're a mechanical engineer, you have a different set of tools. Electrical engineers, you have compilers, uh, given to you by like manufacturers of certain chips, but okay, that's, that's like getting way too into the technicals. Um, I'd say the, what makes ECE really unique is that you are able to take things and give them life. You're able to take a, a piece of electrical, um, or a piece of like anything that like is, you, you can build something, uh, mechanical, right. Um, but it won't move on its own unless it has some electrical uh, component to it or um, some um, firmware that goes onto it. And that's why I really like about ECE. It allows us to bring inanimate objects and allow them to move on their own. Moving into what you're doing now. So can you tell me about the company that you're currently working for and what you do there? Yeah, um, I currently work at Zooks, um, which is a self-driving uh, vehicle. Um, startup, although it's now been acquired by Amazon. So I guess we're a subsidiary of Amazon now. And what I do is I work on uh, data logging on one of our, uh, the boards that go on the vehicle, one of the subsystems. And I am responsible for just like making sure that we are able to support the, the volume at which we need to log at, being able to offload that data uh, into our cloud. That's kind of what I do. I, I've also like uh, touched on other parts of the, the the system. I've worked on like our safety certifying process um, within the company. So trying to get our code like uh, a little bit of everything here and there, but I'm focusing a lot on uh, data logging. I know the autonomous vehicle industry is something that's like kind of getting bigger now. So can you explain to me how that work will impact our society? 
Yeah, totally. Um, autonomous vehicles are, besides like, you know, being this like novelty and this like cool thing in the future, it's going to have a lot of like really cool industry impacts. So for one, you could see uh, prices go down with uh, like deliveries and um, shipments and your everyday products, because, you know, if you remove the um, human element of it, um, you're able to uh, transport things um, a lot cheaper and that would uh, reduce the cost of things overall. And the other thing that, and this is specific to Zooks, they're, they're, um, what they hope that their innovation would do is it will um, reduce waste in the automotive industry. Um, if you think about like how many cars everyone, how many cars there are on the roads in the US, and then you think about how frequently they just kind of sit in your garage. Um, that's a lot of waste. And um, that's a lot of, you know, vehicles not being used. But uh, if you can bring in like um, autonomous vehicles um, that can drive like 16 hours a day um, on a single charge, then you can almost eliminate the need for a, a personal vehicle um, if you're able to support the volume that's needed. So it will help to eliminate um waste in vehicle usage and take us move us away from um fossil fuels because uh, you can design these uh, vehicles to be electric fully electric and the other uh, argument is that like autonomous vehicles will help us with getting safe uh, making the streets safer um it autonomous vehicles have like 360 degree view they don't get sleepy they don't get tired compared to human drivers so you know you can make an argument that like with more uh, autonomous vehicles on the streets, uh, if they're designed right, we could actually have a safer driver uh, rider experience. That is super interesting because mm -hmm. honestly, for the longest time, I didn't really understand fully the point of self-driving cars. I did think it was kind of like, like you said, like a novelty thing. So that makes yeah. a lot more sense. Yeah, totally. So can you tell me about how your research in the ECE labs as an undergrad helped prepare you for your career? The research I did during my time at USC was a big help, um, I think, uh, because it gave me some like hands-on skills. I think the clubs I joined was also super helpful and uh, allowed me to um, kind of apply the stuff that I learned in the classroom outside the classroom. And so like, yeah, like I said, like I joined um, uh, Bhaskar's research lab, uh, sorry, Professor Krishnachari. Um, I've, uh, joined this club called Makers, um, actually founded it. Um, and, uh, this club has been, um, really great for, uh, me meeting other, uh, people who enjoy, uh, uh, enjoy like doing, um, electronic projects and, um, being able to collaborate and come up with ideas and, um, bounce ideas off each other and learn with each other. I think that's been super helpful. I mean, class-wise, um, I think a lot, of, there were like, I would say like, if I were to be like honest, like maybe I've gotten to use like 30%, if I'm being generous, like of the, the stuff I learned from classes. But I think what's more important though, is that um, the classes, and, and you'll hear this a lot, but like the classes, aren't like teaching you like things that you'll ultimately learn but they're teaching you how to learn like you're learning how to learn through these classes and that's big and it gives you the resources and maybe some and and, and like in the best case uh it gives you the fundamental understanding of certain things to be able 
like apply your knowledge elsewhere. There are certainly some classes that I didn't get to apply um, in my role today, but like that doesn't mean they went to waste. I've learned a lot from them and I've gained a lot of like understanding in other fields. And um, yeah, if I could take them again, I would totally take them. Yeah, I think that's kind of universal for a lot of majors is that you're not going to use everything, absolutely everything you're going to learn. Totally. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I have not used a Laplace transform or like done a derivative in like such a long time. Just to, to kind of close our conversation, what advice would you give to students who are interested in pursuing the electrical and computer engineering field? Try to get, try to find gaps in your understanding of things and do whatever you can to fill those gaps. Um, I think, you know, if the worst, like, I feel like a lot of us uh, come out of certain classes thinking like, oh, like I got an A, like I did good. But sometimes it, you got like, you might've just been regurgitating that information, not really fully like um, absorbing it and understanding like all the in-betweens and ins and outs. And that's the kind of thing that that like recruiters will pick at, um, technical recruiters will pick at to make sure you have an in-depth understanding. Um, they're not gonna ask you about like, you know, like specific um, or like, oh, how does, like, what is this concept or what is this uh, thing, right? Uh, they're gonna ask you more in-depth, like, okay, like, you know, how does this thing, like it, they're gonna ask you to go in-depth with it. Um, they're not gonna ask you like, okay, like, um, tell me about the pros and cons of using this uh, like technology. No, they're gonna be like, okay, uh, go into depth about how this technology works. Um, so I would say like try to find depths, uh, gaps in your understanding and um, fill those in um, through just your own personal research or you know, talking with other people about uh, having questions for your professors, that kind of stuff. Um, I know I haven't always done that. I feel like not a lot of people like, you know, after class go home and think about oh like what do I what have I what am I missing like what can I ask but I think those who do I think they'll get a really good um they'll have an advantage and they will be able to take their solid foundation and kind of grow it in other directions um if you have a solid foundation in uh understanding something you'll be able to apply that and uh, make assumptions, uh, make educate assumptions on how other things work and be able to kind of grow your knowledge from there. It's like having, like choosing the best type of soil to grow your like plants in or like choosing the right foundation to build a house on. You can build that house as big as you want if you have the right foundation. Thanks for listening to another episode of But I'm Not an Engineer. To listen to future episodes of this podcast, visit uscece.podbean.com or search But I'm Not an Engineer on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow usc.ece on Instagram to stay up to date on new episodes and other exciting projects from the electrical and computer engineering labs. For the Viterbi School of Engineering, I'm Quinn White. Thanks again for listening.